Hello everyone, I'm Tom Denford, CEO of IDCOMS. Welcome to another Media Snack Meets, where we get to meet the individuals and organizations doing great work to inspire success and drive change in the global media and marketing industry. Each week we learn what is behind that success, what it takes to make change in the industry, and maybe what the rest of us can learn from that experience. My guest for this week is Travis Freeman, who is the global head of media and social at Uber. Hi guys. Hello, gentlemen. Where are you? There you are. Hi, Travis. Hi, Tom. That was fun. I got to see a lot of my old friends. And <laughs> exactly. And there's some, there's some many famous faces have passed through the Media Snack Meets door. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, of course. I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is super fun. Good. Well, as you know, the format and viewers will know it's it's uh, because, as we say, the best are tight on time. We do six minutes in six questions, I should say, in twenty minutes or less, okay. um, and we'll kick straight off. I've just uh, in the introduction, obviously, and said that you are. Uh, global head of media and social now at, at Uber. I think for the last, the last, well, just over a year, wasn't it? So that's an interesting time to join. But yeah. just for those that don't know you, just explain what it is that you do in that role, and maybe share with us something work-wise that you've been most proud of in your career. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, I joined Uber about a year and a quarter ago, which um, seems like it was yesterday slash 2010. It's been a crazy year. Um, but yeah, so my responsibility is I look after um, media globally um, for us. So all of our lines of businesses around the world, um, you know, and just kind of really figuring out how we show up, you know, in different channels. Um, I came in to lead media um, globally and, you know, somewhere through through this crazy ride, they gave me social as well, um, which has been great because I think there is such like a, a really important intersection um, yeah. and how the two kind of play together. So it's been been fun to kind of bring those two different orgs within Uber closer together um, under my umbrella, which is awesome. Um, the thing I'm most proud of, I, you know, like you said, last year was crazy um, for all of us, and you know, no one needs to kind of talk about the talk about it anymore. Um, but you know, I've spent most of my career, you know, creating media and marketing plans to sell things. You know, so whether it was a snack or whether it was toilet paper or it was a computer, I've always been selling things. Um, I think what was I really proud of last year is like I got I got to sell ideas um, and, and I got to like sell stances um, really for the first time. I've really been able to do that. And, you know, whenever Uber took a step back and, you know, we said, thank you for not writing, you know, thank you for not using our product. You know, if, if you, if you tolerate racism, delete Uber, it, it was these moments that actually makes you feel like really proud of, of doing what we do because we have this platform and we have this ability, um, to take a stance and, and it just felt good to actually do that instead of, again, you know, sell someone, a a pack of cookies that that maybe they don't actually need. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, a lot of viewers will have seen a lot of the activity that Uber did last year. Obviously, you were part of, and you were sharing very proudly as well. And it was it was great to see, um, particularly because it's it's a sector and a business that hugely impacted last year. I know it kind of shifted, obviously, from rides to eats and other parts of the business. Yeah. Um, but it's it, 
seemed like Uber had quite a kind of positive outlook despite those those challenges. You're trying to do something. Well, it, it gave it gave us a reason, right? Like I think that we've been we've been searching for almost that moment that allowed for us to take a stance, and we didn't have to be quite as focused on the business, you know. And to your point, like we shifted all of our resources over to the eat side because that's what people needed in that moment. But then we had our marquee brand over here that that wasn't moving. So how do we use that platform to actually make a stance? which we have been wanting to do for so long, but I think everyone was hesitant because the business still needed to move, but we knew in that moment it wasn't going to, so what better opportunity to actually talk about this stuff. That's good. You may, you may have already then answered our next question, which is, you know, what, what, it, what do you find the best thing about working in media? I mean, and you've been on, you know, different sides of this, haven't you? Because you've been on the agency side for a bit and, and, yeah. and now. Yeah, and even on the, on the platform side, right? When I was at Twitter. Um, yeah. It's so, you know, we can all of the stuff I was just talking about, but I don't know. I still get just excited about like seeing things that I do and they're making them tangible. Mm -hmm. Like when, when I see an ad that like, you know, like I built a media plan for, or like if I'm out and about and I see like a billboard, like, I don't know, I get a sense of pride still that, that I was a part of actually bringing that to life. And obviously like not just me and, probably my piece is less important than the creatives who actually made it right but like just being a part of that journey to like actually bring it to life i still kind of get like childlike and like excited about that the same way i did you know when i was like an assistant media planner you know and i was kind of seeing the first stuff um you know in the very beginning so i think that but i also love in media that every day is different and we still have this if you're doing it right anyways this really interesting you know, kind of matrix of the art and science. And and you get to wear different hats every single day based upon what you're actually doing. And yeah, a lot of times it can be just pushing buttons and making sure that things are going out live, but you also can be really smart, strategic and actually use the art side a lot more than I think a lot of media people actually do. Um, so I think depending on the day, depending on my mood, depending on how much sleep I've had like the night before, um, I get to kind of choose, you know, where where on that matrix I want to play that day, which which makes it all fun. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know you as as a pretty hot, glass half full guy, right? You're quite optimistic, and you've got a lot of energy and positivity about the industry. But if we just shift onto, you know, some of the challenges that we've got at a bigger level in in media now that you've been on the advertiser side, yeah, maybe you have a different perspective. What, what do you think some of those would be? Um, I Honestly, I think it's one of the biggest challenges is like just us not being lazy. Um, I think that there has become a huge reliance on a handful of partners in order to basically fill all of our media plans. Mm. Um, and I think while yes, there's reach there and yes, there's like maybe better measurement kind of, you know, platforms that we can kind of tag onto that. Um, I don't think that's the right thing to do, right? Like we've been able to kind of create really smart media in the past without only having to rely on two or three platforms or partners to be able to do that. And I think that there has been such a shift and a focus towards automation, um, 
automation, automization, I guess we make that new word, um, like automation into just like kind of like, again, pushing buttons, making sure that one to many kind of is creating versus actually taking a step back and being smart, getting back to comms planning, getting back to like roles of channels, getting back to like where consumers are actually consuming media, especially as like a younger generation is coming through that is acting completely differently that we've been planning against like in the past. Yeah. So I think like that's piece of a piece of it, but I also think a lot of that is also creating complacency um, with how certain partners are acting or what they're doing and not doing. Um, you know, and if they're not going to be allowing certain things like adjacency control, right, or if they're not going to be allowing you know hate speech to be coming off the platform, or if they're not going to be holding themselves accountable for what's going on in the world or the power that they have behind it. Like, why, why are we just taking a step back and allowing that to happen? Like, at the end of the day, we have the funds, right? We have the money, we have the ability to actually make these changes. And if we're not pushing back for what we actually want, then we're not using our platform and our power for the way that I think that we should be utilizing that. So I do think that there's complacency as well in the industry that kind of needs to change. It's interesting that you say that as well. I was, I was thinking to you know follow up with that idea. Now you're on the advertiser side. I mean that you have the you have the influence and you have the platform and you have the voice in theory to kind of to improve you know the supply chain and yeah. you can direct you know where the money goes. And obviously then the industry uh, adapts to where the money goes. Obviously, yeah. are, you, are you kind of more aware of that and that responsibility now? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I. I don't, I don't think I realized how much a voice can matter mm-hmm. and, and how much just like having the control on the advertiser side of like pushing our agency partners and pushing the supply chain and pushing the platform partners, like all in unison, like, you know, we're lucky we, we have large budgets, we're able to kind of control this, but as more and more people come together, it's really tangible, especially now. I don't know if we would be having the same conversation, you know, three or four years ago, because I don't know if this notion of social impact and social good was as important, you know, to, to people. I think now that it's 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 not arguable and it is kind of status quo. And anyone who isn't really abiding by that anymore, it's 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 a head nod, right? Like what do, what are you doing? Um, so I do. I do. I'm much more conscious of it. I think than I was in the past. Good, good. Um, and you know, and we thank you for your leadership. I think there's there's a few people that are outspoken on these things, and increasingly we need more, more and more, um, whether individually or through the trade bodies. Um, yeah. It's where the, dif- the difference is going to be made, yeah. which leads us quite nicely into the next. I mean, we could talk about leadership advice. Um, Obviously, you know, you're in a position of influence now and you have a team that kind of dots around the world that you work with. But also, you know, without we don't have to name names because we said we wouldn't. But, uh, you know, you've also worked with some big personalities and some kind of yeah. profile leaders. What, what's what's the best advice that you've e- either received in your career or something that you that you turn to to give to others? Um, never, ever sacrifice your morals. Um, I think that especially earlier in my career, I felt that just because I was working at a place I had to be quiet and that leadership kind of dictated what what I would do and kind of what I would think instead of 
knowing that I was allowed to have an opinion. And, and if an organization was acting in a way that didn't align to what I thought or the morals that I had or the change or the impact that I was trying to make, then I'm allowed to speak up and I'm allowed to say, you know what, this isn't actually the place for me. And we're luckily, you know, in a world that has a plethora of, of opportunities in media. And there's a lot of other places that you can go because life is way too short to sacrifice any of your morals for someone else, right? Like it doesn't matter who they are, how big their personality is, what their following is, like you're allowed to, to, to speak your mind and, and be unapologetic about it. Good, I love that. Um... That's it. Stick with your principles. As our chairman always said, principles, any principle, if it costs you money. Um, but also, but to your point, you'll regret it if you if you end up doing something which is counter to how you... It's, like, it's, the, it's the way that brands should think too, right? In the sense of like, especially now, there's, there's short-term ROI and there's long-term ROI. Like yeah. if you're thinking about like actually existing in this industry or as a brand, right? Like in the future, you have to think about like what your equity is moving forward and that equity is taking stances and actually, you know, standing up for something instead of just, you know, allowing for, for things to happen that you, you aren't aligned with, right? Like it'll hurt, it'll hurt your personal, you know, um, brand as well as the brand that you're, you're working on. Good. Um, right. Question five, outside of work then, I know the last year has been quite consuming for you, but, but how, what would we find you doing to kind of escape from the pressures of media? Um, you'd find me at a animal shelter. So that's my major passion, which has also been like really, it's one of those places that like it's, it's flourished in the pandemic, yeah. you know? And, and I think that there's been this like heightened sense of um, <laughs> we talk about morals a lot and I'm like, and as anyone sees on Twitter, like I'm loud and proud about adopt, you know, don't shop. And, I will shame people like if they're you know shopping whenever they shouldn't be, and I think that the the pandemic has kind of created this awareness of what is available for people to be able to take in, especially from rescues and um, and I just think that you know humans don't deserve animals, you know they're they're too good for us, and I think you know so I, I spend a lot of time you know socializing dogs you know after they've been in like places that you know weren't weren't ideal, taking them for walks, helping people you know pick out the dogs that are going to be best for their family. Um, you know, once we can start to travel again, there's a lot of work that goes on in Asia of rescuing animals from, from certain situations there and bringing them back to the U.S. as I'm a part of as well. So it's, it's, it's helping those who don't have their own voice, which, which for me is, you know, cute little pups. Good. Love that. Uh, we're, we're a dog household. Although we bought, I should say, I'm embarrassed to say that. <laughs> but that was a few years ago. And in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll give them back. Uh, right, just looking ahead. So as we wrap up, so uh, you know, it's a cliche in our industry that I think kind of changed so quickly. And we've talked about some of the challenges um, ahead. But uh, and we've had we've experienced this crazy accelerated change, haven't we, in the last in the last year? But if we look ahead, what for you? Personally, professionally, do you kind of hope that where we can get to if we if we were looking back a year from now? Yeah, I it's kind of what we were talking about before, but I hope we as an industry and especially advertisers and with our partners with with agencies and platforms um, use our money for good. You know, we 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 make sure that we're elevating smaller publishers. We're making sure that 
queer-owned and Black-owned and female-owned publishers are elevated and getting the same right to the funds that we have and actually impacting the world in really large ways. And, and we have a platform to do that. We have the money to do that. And if we're not doing that, I think we're doing something wrong. Very good. Travis Freeman, thank you. Who would you like to meet on future episodes? Please let us know in the comments below. Subscribe to our channel where you will also find previous guests, including leading media executives from companies like P&G, L'Oreal, Mars, Mastercard, and many more. Plus some of the industry's most provocative thought leaders, such as Belinda Smith, Jerry Dakin, Professor Mark Ritson, Nadine Cart-McHugh, and Gary Vaynerchuk. You can also subscribe to get new episodes each week. And if you like this episode and think someone else would, then please do share it. Thanks so much for watching.